the time has come to come into agreement with some things. And so as I was pondering this this morning, the Lord reminded me of a prophecy in Isaiah, which was spoken, of course, to Israel. But there's a spiritual application for us that I want to bring to you today. And if you want, if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 54. It says, shout for joy, O barren one, you who have borne no child. Break forth in the joyful shouting and cry aloud, you who have not travailed. For the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your descendants will possess nations and will resettle the desolate cities. Fear not, for you will not be put to shame, and do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. But you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. Who are the barren ones? The barren ones are any one of us who have been held back from birthing what you were created to birth. Each one of us has been designed and created by God to do something that has an element of creativity to it. Why? We're made in His image. We're made to be creative in some way. We're made by God to be a solution to somebody's problem. You carry within you the capacity to create something that will change the world around you, that will bless people around you. Yet for so many in the body of Christ, there's been a barrenness because no one or very few have released the revelation that says you can do this. Instead, it's been simply, well, focus on what the church is doing. Focus on what's happening here. You get involved in the programs and the, and the activities in your local church and you will be fulfilled. Not. And so I believe, I believe, and I'm not just saying this because I wrote the book on it. That was a joke. Uh, I really did, though, by the way. Um, I just believe that we have now reached a, a, a crucial threshold moment in the kingdom of God where more and more of God's people are awakening. You see, that's the key. It's an awakening. We're not simply talking about just one more teaching, one more nice homily and sermon or whatever. There's an awakening happening in the body of Christ that is stirring up people to realize, oh my God, I have been living so far beneath my state, my stature, my means, that it's absurd. How did, how did I get in this place of deception? It's because of the covering that's been over so many in the body of Christ that has kept them from seeing yourself. Now, that little exercise Roger gave you to stand in front of your mirror and bless yourself. You go to some places and they'll say, 
Oh, that's the height of pride. How could you even speak like that about yourself? Because that's what my papa says. That's what my papa says about me. I'm not making this up. But this is what happens. So that's who the barren are. You feel like you've maybe been a little barren in your life, right? What, are, what about the widows? It says that the widows, the, uh, I'm missing it now. Yeah, the, oh, I got I to gotta be careful because there's so much here. And I could probably talk about this for the next three hours. This barren, this barrenness here. It says, cry aloud, you who have not travailed. Can I tell you that when we come into this place of agreement with the heart of the Father for us, it is not going to be this horrible, lengthy, disgustingly terrible time of travailing and laboring to try to make something happen. No! Because it says, you who have not travailed. Travailed in, in, in this context talks about the process of labor and birth and all of that. There is something here that the Lord is releasing to say to us, did Adam and Eve ever sweat? Come on, think about it. Did Adam and Eve ever sweat? No, because the sweat didn't happen till after the fall. That was part of the curse by the sweat of your brow. So there's something here that God is trying to get our attention about. That when we partner with Him, it's supernatural. I can do more in working with Him than it would take me months, maybe years to accomplish. Because that's how it works. If I understand that, if I say yes to that, go, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to be one of those who doesn't have to travail yet gives birth to what you have in me, what you put in me, what you want released. Okay. What else? What God wants to release through you is going to be so much more multiplied and abundant than those who have been working under the old natural ways. That's what it says. The sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. Okay? If you're ready for supernatural acceleration, supernatural ability in releasing what God put in you, that's the key right there. Okay, Lord, you know what? I believe it. It says, and then it says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwelling, spare not. All this stuff about bigger, bigger, bigger. One of the principles that God spoke to my heart several years ago, which is now really becoming more clear and, and, and uh, in my ability to fulfill it. We say we walk by faith and not by sight because the Bible says that, right? You ever said that? Well, we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, can I tell you that what God, how He understands that is, are you doing now to the extent that you can what you will be doing when the full thing manifests? 
When the fullness of your destiny, the fullness of your calling, the fullness of what God wants to birth through you is operating in and through your life, you're going to be doing some pretty amazing things. Are you sitting back and waiting? Or are you engaging in a process to begin to step into that and to do whatever is possible now? Not in your own strength. We're in a partnership here. Yet the Lord is the one here who says, enlarge the space of your tents. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your tent pegs. What are you talking about? He's talking about making preparations for where God is showing you He wants to take you. You know, when God began to show me Kingdom Training Institute, at first, I'm thinking, oh, that's a nice idea. We're going to have a little thing here where people will come and take classes. You know, people that have um, something to teach, well, they'll be able to come and teach it through Kingdom Training Institute. Oh, how nice. Have you learned that your vision is usually way too small? And whatever you see is just pitifully insignificant compared to what he wants. So God began to challenge me. He began to challenge me about what he wanted. And so I had to put some things in place for that to happen. I had to incorporate, incorporate, oh my Lord. I had to incorporate KTI as a nonprofit corporation. I had to go get a 501c3 so that if people wanted to donate, they would get a tax-deductible receipt. I had to begin to research. Well, so, so God, how do you want me to steward this huge influx of resource that's coming to us? How do I do that? And so I began to research that, and I now have a plan in place where, where if somebody were to donate a million dollars to KTI, I know exactly how to handle that and what I'm going to do. You see? And I also know exactly how God wants us to steward resources going forward so that we have a constant supply of revenue, not... You ready for this? Not from donations. I'll never turn a don- I'll never turn a donation away. But God has shown me that the marketplace is going to finance the kingdom in this season. And if we don't understand how to position ourselves and be ready for God to do that, then we're going to be playing catch up for quite a while. I'm not interested. I'm not into playing catch up. I'm interested to in staying right with him. And being ready so that when stuff happens, I'm, I'm going to hit the, run, the ground running. That's what he's after. I'm going to try to get through this really quickly. Because are, you, are you sad you gave me the mic? <laughs> Here's the problem. This, this particular passage ends up saying, fear not, you'll, you will not be put to shame. Do not feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. A lot of what's been spoken here today speaks to how we see ourselves. And God is saying that if you continue to say, 
there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? If we continue to use language like that about ourselves, we take ourselves out of the place where He can move through us and He can accomplish through us what He wants to. If I stand and say, what is wrong with me? What... There's, there is, God, there's something wrong with me because all this stuff happens to me. I can't seem to get victory or I can't seem to make any progress. God, what's wrong with me? If I say that, I'm repudiating the cross. I'm repudiating what Jesus did. Do you know that everything that was wrong about you and I was nailed to the cross, was put into Jesus? Now again, we're works in progress. Okay, no one's arrived, but hopefully by now you've left. Okay, and you're moving forward with the things of God. So this issue of shame and humiliation that he speaks of here, it's very real. And we've got to deal with it. We've got to say, God, you know what? I repent. I repent. Of saying what's wrong with me. I repent of saying I don't understand what's going on. You ever do that? God, I don't get it. I don't understand. I used to do that a lot. Until God pointed out. So you don't understand. Uh, I gave you the mind of Christ. Why? And I had to repent. Because you know, I may not understand everything. But guess what? I can and I will. In his time. So we're, de- we're dealing with the issues of the negatives that we experience in ourselves that want to keep us in a place where we just can't move forward. Right? And so what does he do? He says, you will forget the shame of your youth. Has anybody here made mistakes for which you look back now and you are so embarrassed? That you ever thought that was a good thing to do. Right? We all have that. We all have things in us or about us that we're ashamed of. And God is saying to us today, I want you to forget the shame of your youth. I want you to forget what you did wrong because I have. I've forgotten about that. I don't see that. That's not who you are. That's not how I choose to relate to you. So so forgetting the shame of your youth. And by the way, youth is not just a chronological thing. It can be all about maturity at any age. I can act in an immature age even now at 63. Oh, no. But I try to give up childish things, as Paul said. Um, The reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. I love this because people say things and they look at you as if you'll never accomplish anything. And they treat you as if you're nothing, that you're no good, that you're not going anywhere in life. And so we begin to feel like, God, where are you? Where's your provision for me? 
we feel like we're abandoned by him because of how we experience these kinds of negative persecutions against us. Anybody relate to that? Right? So the word of the Lord is your husband is your maker. He is the one that takes care of us in every way. Right? He's the redeemer. So, what do we do with this? Might I suggest that we follow through with the two things that started this passage out. The first one is shout for joy, O barren one. Break forth in the joyful shouting. What is that? That's like, I see it. I see it. It's mine. Yeah, come on. It's mine. Am I the only one that's going to do that? Or is anybody else going to do that? I dare you. Get up on your feet right now and shout. Mindset stays where it needs to be. I love Steve Backlund's approach to the enemy's stupidity. Let's just laugh at that. You ever heard him say that? You know, when when a thought comes in your mind that wants to knock you back, look at that thing and go, oh, that is really stupid, and start to laugh. Because the devil has nothing new, he has nothing original, he has nothing that can really touch you unless we allow it. And so it's time for us to shout for joy in the midst of of wherever we are and to say, it's mine because he said so. And there's a breakthrough. There's a birthing that's happening in my life now in Jesus name. The second half of this thing is to ask the Lord, where do you want me to start preparing? What are those things that you want me to do so that I enlarge the place of my tent and I stretch out the curtains of my dwelling that I don't spare, that I don't hold back. I lengthen my cords. I strengthen my pegs. What's the, what are those things that you need me to do now to begin to prepare? And, and what are the things that I can begin doing now? Okay. You know, we launched a clinic at Heaven's Invasion, or rather at KTI, at the house over here in Rawway. We, we, we started a clinic. And you know what we want to do with the clinic? We want the clinic to become a licensed counseling center. We want the clinic to become a licensed social service agency. We want the clinic to become a place where people can come for whatever kind of need they have and to receive help. Now, we have none of that. But guess what? I'm now moving to, to try to make connections where these things can begin to happen. And God has put within our tribe people that have those connections. That's the only reason why I'm even bothering. If I had no connections, I would say, God, you need to bring me some. 
Because I want to begin to do as much as we can do with what we now have, because that is walking in faith. Not sitting back, waiting and hoping that, oh God, when you send us those millions of dollars, then we'll start. No, we're starting now. And we're going to start with whatever we can so that we show the Lord we're on the same page. We're faithful and we want, we want what you're showing us. So I'm just giving you some, some examples from my own life, but what is it that he's speaking to you today that you need to start in partnership with him, even if it's the tiniest little thing? See, I wrote a book. I did what God told me to do. And the book is out there. But I can't determine or dictate how far it's going to go. That's his job. This is where the partnership happens. We do what he shows us. We step out of faith and do it. And then, okay, Lord, where do we go from here? That's the joy of this thing.